Zay Smallman here with part two of my conversation with Johnny Bear about whether to blow up my rollers game plan in order to chase greener pastures. Can he convince me I'm crazy? We will see. I guess we'll do it that way is presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore humanity. Here is episode 18. All right, we're back. And we're back. It's been forever. So just to catch everybody up, last week we were talking about, well, basically I gave John a challenge. I said, John, I said, John, talk hmm. me out of this crazy ass idea, bro. And, and um, did I? Not last week, which is why we're still here. Oh, no. You did not talk me out of it yet. I am still about to throw my future into a blender and mm. just pour it all over the sidewalk. So I need you to... To basically, John, I need you to tell me that I don't have what it takes. That's what I'm asking you to do. Uh, I, well, TBH, I, I want you to tell me that. You don't have what it takes, kid. You're never but I need make you it to believe it. I don't believe it. You're never going to make it in this town. I need you to believe it. John, here's part of it, though. This is, this is sort of the crux of the issue, right? Mm. Um, I don't know if I am good enough. I don't know if I have what it takes. But people that I trust... Mm are not necessarily saying like, yo, dude, you're a star. But they are saying like, I'm willing to put my my reputation and my time and my money at risk for you because I, I believe in you. And that's hard for me because I don't think of myself as that guy. You know what I mean? But part of what, well, this is, I wrote this down because I thought it was interesting because it happens every day. Yeah. Um, people go for it and make it and people go for it and fail every single day in their respective fields. Yep. And I don't think it's reasonable for me to preemptively assume that it's impossible for me to be one of those people. You well, know, you'll be one or the other. I'm, I'm very aware of that and I'm actually fine with being one or the other. I just don't want to drag a bunch of people down with me. You know uh, what I mean? Right. But this is how I thought about it at some point. Okay. If you want to, if you think you're really good at football, Mm-hmm, and you brought this up with drummers. If you think you're really good at football and you have a dream of playing in the NFL, at some point you have to decide or your parents with you have to decide like, you know, you might be gifted enough to make a sh- to make a run at this. And then you have to start making sacrifices. And then you have to start acting like you're good enough by making those sacrifices and thinking maybe that you're good enough. You have to start training like maybe you're good enough to be in the NFL. Right. And you have to start believing at some point that you actually might be good enough to play in the NFL. And you have to make that decision all the time because it's going to constantly require you to make sacrifices in other safer areas of your life until you either miss your window to get into the NFL or you make it. Mm-hmm. That's hard, though, because... Some people are definitely going to tell you that you're not good enough, for sure. Yeah. And how do you trust the people who tell you that you are good enough? And at what point do you say, I just have to try harder, I just have to take a bigger risk, I just have to really go for it? Because the one way to guarantee for sure that you never make it to the NFL is to, at age 16, decide, you know, I don't know if I want it bad enough, or, you know, I don't think I'm good enough. Like, 
Yeah, that's how you're definitely not going to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're how much are you willing to risk to get try? There if you don't do it. And I know right? that's a cliche. Yeah, it's very much a cliche, and it's but it's also very true, and it's very much like I don't think of myself as someone who is quote-unquote good enough to operate at like an exceptional level, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to be in the top 1% of my field or really the top half a percent of my field. I don't well, even the, think of myself guys, as being that good. Even the, there are guys in the NFL who just know, you know, I'm going to be a mediocre quarter quarterback. But they're still like a top in, 40 quarterback in the world. Exactly. But I'm never going to be Drew Brees or Tom Brady or whoever. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be good. I'm in the NFL, but I'm not going to win Super Bowls. Like, there's a guy out there who's making a ton of money, and maybe he's bummed about it. Maybe he's thrilled about it, but that's his life, you know? Right. And I'm not necessarily even at the point where I'm asking myself, am I the next LeBron James? That's Mm -hmm. not the debate I'm having. I'm asking myself, am Am I I good enough to bet on myself? Yeah. Can Can I even hang? You know, I'll decide if I'm a master... 30 years from now other people will decide that for me but can I even hang you know like can I operate at the level like can I run the nice thing about the NFL is like can you run a certain can you run the 40 40 yard dash in a certain amount of time can you can you play and score against the best players in the world there's some objective standards there the problem with movies is part of what's going to make me part of the reason I want to maybe make the bigger movie is because if I make a milk toast movie because I have to make a bunch of compromises, then that's a really damn good way to ensure that I just don't ever really get anywhere. You know? Well, okay. So and I got to, does that make sense? Like, I got to take some swings. But the, I got to, like, exactly. put myself out there. Yes. You know? That's, that's what is And I got to decide if I can do that at a tiny budget. And that's what is starting to get real is like, are the things that I think make this movie different than every other movie that I sit around thinking who the F decided that movie needed to exist because I'm bored out of my gosh damn mind. I don't want to make that movie. I want to make a movie that makes people be like, damn, that was good. Like when you watch something like High Fidelity and you're like, damn, that's sweet, and people love that movie. It's not that it made the most money in the world, and it's not that it's the greatest movie of all time, but, like, people fucking love that movie, you know? I think, yeah, I think maybe a problem, though, is you're saying two things at the same time. You're saying, I'm not saying that I'm going to be Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. right? I'm not even sure if I'm in the league of qualified directors, right? You're saying right. that, but you're also saying... I have been given the opportunity of an exceedingly rare opportunity to make a film for a budget that's not, you know, barred from your mom or shot outside in your backyard. That's an extremely rare opportunity. You've got it in your hand. You have not directed anything of this scale. Right. This would be the first thing of this scale. And now the conversation we had last week is like, I I want to do bigger and better and part of me is like you got to prove that you can do something right that True. guy has to go he has to win you know state in Alabama before he can try out for the NFL but okay I hear you but also John here's part of the conundrum football is football mm-hmm. movies a a a, a micro budget movie is a different game right and there are people who excel at micro budget filmmaking and actually do very badly at 
different kinds of filmmaking. Like there's a whole movement called mumblecore and like Joe Swanberg and Mark Duplass, all these guys. I don't think I've ever seen anything come out of that. I'm, I'm being very reductive. The truth is there's a lot, there, there's not even a real movement called mumblecore. It's just like a, an after the fact sort of label that people put on it. But like, I'm just saying there are a lot of people who have made a lot of really great ultra low budget movies, but I don't know that their work ever got better or their work ever became more fully realized once they had money, Mm -hmm. you know, because their art form is making something out of nothing. I don't think that has ever been or probably will ever be my particular art form. I have a passion for not necessarily making giant action movies, but like all of my best ideas are kind of commercial kind of bigger things. And at some point I don't want to, I'm not going to make a career out of making tiny movies, but honestly that's a different skill set. And so there is part of me that's like, if I want to make movies with real crews and like really, really, really well-trained professional actors and have the resources I need to make the decisions I want to make the way and I'm going to go – I want to give you this list of directorial debuts because I just think it's really interesting and it, it it makes me question whether – not necessarily whether or not I can be any of these people, but there's no way that every single person on this list is a bona fide genius. I think a lot – I think almost all of them with the exception of a few worked their asses off mm-hmm. and became really good. Right. And I am not a genius. I can say that with total confidence, but I can say – that to your point, I have an exceptional opportunity to make this movie at this budget, but I also am positioned because of the work that I've been doing for the last several years, I am positioned, despite the fact that I haven't been a director of a movie like this, to make a reasonable case for why I should be given a bigger opportunity in a way that like, if I was a total, like complete outsider to the system, I would kind of have to prove myself, but in a way I've begun the process of proving myself by producing other people's stuff at this budget level already. Have Mm -hmm. I directed that stuff? No, but I have helped produce several movies that have been successful by those standards and I've shown that I have good taste and that I can develop. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then writing... It is a different skill, but like... Writing and directing something from scratch, which is what you're proposing, is of course way different. It is very different, but that's also where it's like, okay, the, I'm trying to vet myself through this whole process. It's like, okay, cool, the script. People say the script is really good, okay? That doesn't mean it is. It just means that some people who I trust seem to think it's very good. And then when I communicate right. more of the vision, they get more excited about it. And so that's all I really have to go on, you know? Mm-hmm. And and maybe I will make a short just to test the concept. Um, but I just think, I just want to get to the point where I'm not, I don't want to make excuses for myself, you right. know, because let me give you this list, dude. You're going to you're going to love this, okay? These are all and 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 here's the thing. These are from different time periods. There's a million, but they had X caveats. There's a million excuses for why I should aim lower or be safer. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But when I look at this list, I see a bunch of badasses who went for it and they never had it easy and it was never going to get easier to make an excellent movie than it was at this point. And they still, I mean, it was never going to get, does that make sense? Like they took massive risks at the beginning of their careers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of what, part of what I'm saying is I'm willing to submit myself somewhat to the process 
that will be required to get to the next level. And if I fail at that, then you're right. Maybe I do need to take a step back and prove myself. But I haven't even tried. I haven't even gone to an NFL tryout yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I kind of want to see how I stack up. But let's look at this. Okay, the Coen brothers. Have you seen the movie Blood Simple? Yes. Fantastic movie. That is their first feature. Mm-hmm. Wes Anderson, Bottle Rocket. Fantastic movie. And these movies are movies that I've seen not because I'm like, oh, I'm going to like go watch all of their work, even the shitty stuff. No, these are real movies that are worth watching today, years and years and years after they were made. Worth Their first movies. Because we talked about Bottle Rocket last time, but budget, $5 million bucks, Box office, $580,000. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? It was great, and it made a career for him. You know what I mean? Don't you think it probably has made a bajillion dollars since then? It, it very much has made its money back, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure. Yep. And that was a different, yeah, oh, 100%, because video was worth more back then. I mean, there's, yeah. Okay, Steven Soderbergh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. That movie is a mm-hmm. literal masterpiece. His very first movie. Cameron Crowe, Say Anything, fantastic movie. Hmm. Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs, fantastic movie. David Lynch, Eraserhead, fantastic movie. Uh, For a more recent, you don't like Eraserhead? No, I do. It's just, <laughs> I've never heard it described as a fantastic movie. It's crazy as shit, but like yeah. it's no, awesome. No, it's good. It's good. It is good. Sorry, keep I'm just going. saying it's not his best, but it's freaking good. It's nuts. All right, it's also For more so atypical of all the other movies you've mentioned so far. I know, but my point is there are no real good exceptions to this rule. Like mm-hmm. all of these people who I respect did their thing out of the gate. They didn't like do a different thing and then back into their thing. They did their thing right off the bat but and I then would they be perfected shocked. the art form you know what i mean but hold up for each of these guys these people mentioned so far there's gonna be some something behind each of these guys they've written for television they directed something like this is not yeah, but that's that's what i'm saying is how different is that milwaukee yeah, but neither am I. I mean, I'm not saying right. that in an arrogant way. I'm just saying I'm not in a basement in Milwaukee either. I've been producing movies that are at Sundance. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, 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 right. And, and no, no, again, no, totally, I'm not saying that totally. makes me qualified. I'm just saying it does mean that I don't need necessarily to assume that I'm a guy in a basement in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, you okay. Know? Yeah, fair point. More recently, Bo Burnham. This is a great example. Bo Burnham has like a little bit of a stand-up career. He's kind of famous on Vine. But that doesn't mean he, like, that has nothing to do with the fact that he made 8th grade this year, which is an absolutely, like, just stone-cold good movie. Like, Mm. really, really good movie. He's my age. He started making this movie when he was, like, 25. It's, in many ways, more ambitious. And, yeah, sure, whatever. He has a stand-up career, so blah, 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 blah. But, like, that dude crushed his first movie. And he's my age you know what I mean? And he came yeah. out of nowhere as much as I did. Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird. She wrote for Noah Baumbach, blah, 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 blah. She's an actor. Who cares? That doesn't mean that she had any excuses, but Lady Bird is an absolutely fantastic movie. Damien Chazelle, Whiplash, unbelievable movie. Jordan Peele, Get Out. Okay, sure, he had a ton of experience on Key and Peele, but still, Key and Peele was the first big thing he did. And Key and Peele, if you look at that as kind of his directorial debut, is some of the greatest sketch comedy ever created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was his first real gig. Mm-hmm. 
Francois Truffaut, The 400 Blows, amazing movie. It's considered a class, like a true classic. Judd Apatow, the 40-year-old version, totally different tone. Really, really good movie. John Huston, The Maltese Falcon, totally different era of Hollywood, but that was his first movie. It's a, ma- it's a really good movie. Ah, Martin Scorsese, Mean Streets, Doug Lyman, Swingers, George Miller, Mad Max, P.T. Anderson, Heart 8, Mike Nichols, Who's Afraid of G- Virginia Woolf, Rob Reiner, This is Spinal Tap, Spike Jones, Being John Malkovich, Jonathan Glazer, Sexy Beast, Barry Levinson, Diner, Steve McQueen, Hunger, Kenneth Lottergan, You Can Count on Me, Jean-Luc Godard, Breathless, Orson Welles, Citizen Effing Kane. Okay? Yeah. I'm just saying I don't get to make excuses. That doesn't mean I should make a $3 million movie or a $2 million movie. It just means... I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't owe it to everyone involved, including my investors and including myself, to assume that maybe if I try hard enough, I could make a movie that's actually really, really, really good. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the list is interesting, but it doesn't. I don't think it helps your case. Why? Because I mean, are, I'm not even saying it helps my case, but go ahead. Yeah, because I could find a. I'll, I mean, I could find a list of the first movie of directors that are fucking terrible, you know, easily. Yeah, of like, course. You Absolutely. A list of ma- brilliant guys like Orson Welles, you know, P.T. Anderson, like those also. But to- let's take Rob Reiner. Like I'm probably more of like, if I'm really, really, really lucky, my career path, I would love to be like more like a Rob Reiner, right? Like he's not a great necessarily, but I think he's kind of a great, but b- th- this is Spinal Tap. Like, yeah, sure, he can, you know, Carl Reiner's his dad, blah, 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 but still, like, This Is Spinal Tap is so good, mm-hmm, and he went good. on to make, like, The Princess Bride and Stand By Me and, like, some really, really, really good movies. He's not Scorsese, and he's not Orson Welles, but, like, he made some really freaking good movies, and Doug Liman, like, Swingers, you know, they made that movie for very, very, very little, but it was still a lot more than a few hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I mean, not saying Doug if, Lyman is a stone-cold genius. I'm just saying he made some baller movies. You yeah, know? I mean, if you have an idea that's worth making into a $3 million movie or whatever movie, then you do it, right? I guess, but that's what I'm asking. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. This is tricky because, one, I don't know if it is. I haven't read it. I don't know much about it. Right. Um Two, I don't even know. Maybe what. you need to read it. Maybe John, Mount John. Maybe this is the time when you need to read it. Uh oh, pressure's on. I don't um, know. I don't know. But yeah, I don't but even. You know me, John. You know me, and I'm kind of asking on a like. <clears throat> I want you to be brutal. Like I think you could definitely make a movie gut. happen. I think you could absolutely make a movie happen. No question about that. I think you mm-hmm. have the force of personality to to absolutely pull it off. But the, in your gut, do you think I have the ability as an artist to make not a great, great movie, but a movie that can transcend the the general layer of garbage that seems to permeate Hollywood for the most part? <laughs> um, I would like to think that I do think that, yeah. Yeah, I think you could. But be honest. I mean, I, don't, think, don't think about it too much. Just gut level. Um. Man, I'm a hard critic, but it's okay. I mean, John, I want you I want you to challenge me. You know, I like I want well, to Well, I don't really pushed. know. I mean, I think that you could direct something that would be good. I do. The mm-hmm. only aspect that gives me pause, and it's really just because I don't 
I haven't read anything that you've written. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know how you would write. You read the sidekick. I read. Uh, I did read the sidekick. That's true. Which was and an early draft. That's true. But this thing's totally different. I, I mean, I want to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to give mm-hmm. a qualified yes. Only qualified okay. on the content. I think that you could abs- that you absolutely have the like managerial abilities. Sure. To produce which a movie I mean, and to direct as a movie. I think about which uh, that's the other thing is like as I think about the reality of this situation, I I actually do if I'm honest, which yeah. I'm committed to being, I do know people who I would consider probably like more talented in some ways as like pure sort of artists Mm. but the reality is is that this field and this is part of what i'm wondering is like i do know that i have i think what i'm really questioning is my own artistic merit because to your point i don't have as many doubts about my ability to produce this movie right because i've done that and i know that i'm i'm around other people doing it and it's a little bit more like i know that i have good taste and i know that i can will things into existence mm-hmm. yeah. because not That's because right I have an ego, but wheelhouse. because I have done it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're I have good at not that. yet. I mean, you are good at that. Right. The po- and when I look at my, and, and here's an part of that. Right. But here's part of what makes me, gives me pause is when I look at my previous work, right? My mm. shorts specifically that I have, I've linked to them, but like when I look at my shorts, I see, um, because I am me and because I made them, I see, glaring frustrating errors Mm, yeah that are unfortunate cracks in an otherwise borderline exceptional vision meaning like i can see what i intended and Mm. i can trace back to where i made those compromises that i shouldn't have made either because of necessity or because i was still developing as a director and I can trace back to those moments the things that make the thing that I made less good than it could have been. Mm-hmm. And that is a painful process that I'm willing to go through, but I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I hate it because I watch those things and I'm like, you know, I think and everyone else thinks that this is pretty good and it actually makes them feel something, which is hard. Yeah. But it's flawed. Mm-hmm. And I'm very afraid of that being the feeling I have with my first movie, not because it won't mm. be flawed. It will be flawed, but right. I don't want to that, that easily be able to spot bad decisions I made that significantly reduce the quality of the overall product. And I can do that with both of the shorts that I've made because I made them for virtually zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that bums me out. Yeah, you know? I mean, you're at the pivotal moment in your fi- in your movie, and the the boom mic drops and the sound cuts out because right. you hired your friend Larry to do it. Exactly. I don't want to hire my friend Larry as much as I love Larry. I want to hire the guy who's a, just a. I want to hire the guy or gal in every position who's a beast. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way great movies get made is if every single person is operating at a really high level. You know. Right. And I can't do that. I I I can try. I can get close with a tiny budget. But there will be compromises. I guarantee there will be compromises that will be frustrating. Does that mean that the movie would not be worth making at that point? Absolutely not. Okay, so give me the odds in your mind of um are there steps that you let's say you decide tomorrow like you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm trying to I'm going to get mm-hmm. a 
10 times the size budget, right? Sure. Um, and let's say you decide this tomorrow. Is there a, pro- a, a process that begins where you go out and you start raising money or you produce, you well, start the, producing yeah. things? What, what do you do? So the, the, the scary thing is that the very, 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 very first thing I do is I have to give up my start date. You right. know, mm-hmm. out of respect, I, if I was a shittier produ- if I was a better but meaner producer, I would lie to everyone and I would tell them that we're making the movie in February, even though I knew that it might not happen. Right. But I don't do, I don't work like that. You know, like I respect the fact that these people are betting on me and I don't want them saying no to gigs if I can't actually make this thing happen. Right. And that's why this deadline is important to me. But, um, how will people react if you call up like the half a dozen or dozen people that you've co- uh, contacted about this, about actually well, so, working on it? How do they respond? Well, here's the thing. I spent all day yesterday having those conversations with all of those people. Well, there you go. And, and how did they respond? The, the universal consensus was, with the exception of one person, and I can kind of go into a little bit of detail about specifically what her reasoning was because it's very good. But with the exception of one person, everyone said, yes, I think that's a better movie, what you're describing. Yes, I can tell you that like I don't need um, a zillion dollars more, but I need X, Y, and Z to do what you think you want to do, and I want to do that version too. And yes, I think you are the person who could pull it off. That's been the consensus across the board. And that is confusing because again, they have their own motivations. Now, the one person who was sort of questioning was not questioning whether or not I could pull it off, was not questioning whether or not there are different versions of the movie. Because she's their this person's big, already agreed to work with you. All of these people have already agreed to work for me. They've right. already put a bunch of time in to get to this February four start date. Right, right. This would be a pain in a, in the butt for them to 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 change. The so one what did person she say? who was I would not call her a naysayer, but the one person who questioned she didn't even say no. What she said was, I need you to know what you are actually giving up in exchange for what you want. And she's like, I want you to not give this up so that you can make – because here's the thing. Oh, There's this a tipping girl sounds point, right? smart. You got to listen to this She's girl. very, very smart. Oh, I, this is my producer, Tara. I love Tara, Tara, if you ever listen right to this. you're on the track, sister. Tara is my – I love Tara deeply because she is so willing – Tara's right. Listen to Tara. She's right, but here's the thing. Tara's not saying I shouldn't make the bigger movie. What Tara is saying is don't get caught in the middle. What Tara is saying is if you slightly increase the budget Uh or double the budget or triple the budget, you're making exactly the same movie with the exact number of days and the exact number of resources and the exact same members on your crew, you're just paying everyone more. Right. And you're getting fewer favors. Uh-huh. And she's like, don't make that movie. She's saying, you need to decide why you want to make a bigger movie. And then you need to decide exactly what that bigger movie is and what that bigger movie gets you that you're not currently getting. Otherwise, you're just going to end up making a more expensive movie that is valued at exactly yeah. the same level as the movie you're making now. Which is incredible advice, but it also doesn't necessarily answer the question because I do think I can point to very specific things that this movie could do that the other version of the movie cannot do. And I need to get more specific about those things before I make a decision, which is part of the process that I'm in, is Mm -hmm. I'm waiting a little bit on the follow-up conversations with these people where I basically say, you know what's in my head. I have somehow managed to communicate a very clear vision to you, and you are smart enough and talented enough to understand that vision and understand how you fit into that vision. 
and you know what it's going to take. I need you to start giving me a specific list. Like Greta, like we had this conversation. I was like, Greta, I need to know what kind of camera you need. I need to know what kind of lenses we need to shoot on. And I have some ideas about that. We've been talking about those for months, but like, I need to know specifically why we need to shoot on Panavision anamorphic uh, zoom lenses. I need to know for myself why we need to shoot on those and not a cheaper alternative. Mm -hmm. Rylan, like my music supervisor, why I need to quadruple or 10x the budget for music because like, I need to know specifically what those things are because I know how they're different, but I need to know that I actually can't get those things at the budget level that I'm currently talking about. Mm. And so that's going to take some time, but I do think that sooner rather than later, I do a little bit have to say, maybe I'm not putting it off for six months, but I am putting it off for at least maybe a month, you know? Is that feasible? I mean, can you just potentially? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You start losing people like hunter gatherer, uh, I don't know, maybe a month out from production, Andre Royo got like a recurring role on Empire, which at the time was the biggest show on TV. And we were like, all right, dude, like definitely you got to do that. But we had right. to push the whole thing. We lost our DP. We lost some locations. We, You know, like you, you scramble, you know, and mm-hmm. it worked out fine. People love that movie, but like it was really hard, um, you know, and the truth is like, I don't know, like would Judd Apatow... I think Judd Apatow has a mixed, a, you know, very sort of mixed record. You know, some of his stuff I think is brilliant. Some of it is not. Granted, he did Freaks and Geeks yeah, before he did show. the 40-year version. But, like, Freaks and Geeks, like, he before that he worked on the Larry Sanders show. But, like, at some point he decided and other people decided that he was ready for primetime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And had he made the 40-year-old version with a video camera... I don't think we would have Judd Apatow. I don't think we would have had knocked up. Right. You know? And um, and I'm not saying I'm Judd Apatow. You know, I'm really not saying that. What I am saying, though, is I might be able to make work that people really like, but I'm also not the guy. I'm not like, um, uh, you know, Robert Rodriguez. Like, I'm not the guy who, like, hacks the system and makes El Mariachi or whatever for nothing. Like, that's just not my shtick. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a different... when I look back at when I look back at my work in the ways that is limited, I'm like, man, I would really love that if I could have that song and if I could have had that actor and if I could have taken three days instead of two and if I could have redone that shot four more times to actually get it right instead of doing it wrong and then scrapping it from the movie because I didn't live up to my expectations and blah like the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. I'm like, man, that actually could have been really, really, really good, but now it's just like okay, you know? How do, yeah? How do these first timers uh, make these movies? Like, it seems crazy. It's hard, man. And especially it's shooting really, really on hard. film. I mean, come on. There's no excuses now, Zay. You got digital. Give me a break. I know, but like, it does. It's it's the culmination. That's the thing, John. It's not any one compromise that's going to make this movie less good. Because I'm going to be making compromises. It's the culmination of all of the compromises. It's like. This movie is only worth making. I can say this with confidence. This movie is only worth making if it looks and feels different than everything else that's getting made. And the challenge that I have in front of me is, can I make it look and feel different? Can I actually achieve the vision that's in my mind with the limitations that are in front of me? And I don't yet know what the answer to that is. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. But how do you... I don't want to get caught in the middle. 
you know? Yeah, you really don't. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm as torn as you in the sense that if you actually have something good to say, it you can do it for any amount of money. You know, that I mean, is true. I mean, really, if if something is interesting enough, I remember watching a behind the scenes uh, from Pulp Fiction. And mm-hmm. at one point, Quentin Tarantino says to somebody like, dude, now that video camera, everybody has video cameras. That's how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Anybody with a good idea can just go out and shoot it. It's game over. And he's kind of right. But also, right. though, also, though, how do you get out of it, it's very much like trying to get to the moon. It's like how do you actually get out of orbit, mm-hmm. you know? And there are certain things that once there there are a hundred little decisions that I'm going to make between now and when this movie is fin- finalized. I, I take that back. There are three or 4,000 decisions, and I'm only slightly exaggerating, mm. that I'm going to make between now and when this movie is done. And it is the sum total of all of those decisions that will be the difference between a truly, really, 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 really good movie and a pretty good movie that shows a lot of promise for a first-time director. Mm-hmm. And what the problem is is that I can't just segment 2,000 of those decisions and and into one category and the other 2,000 into a different category. Yeah, yeah but, and also to that point... Because it's like, oh. I give up X... Is the movie still the movie anymore? I don't know. It's not. I now, mean, when if I, Pulp Fiction was shot on on a video camera, it's not the same movie. That is ex- exactly. It's not. And now, okay, now we're in the digital age. Could could Tarantino have shot Pulp Fiction on an Alexa Mini with great lenses? Sure, yeah. And would it still be Pulp Fiction? Yeah, Pretty but close. like it still would feel slightly different. But you would see immediately that whoever made that should oh, absolutely. be given much more money to redo this or to make oh, something absolutely. else. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is I'm not talking about making Pulp Fiction, though. I'm talking about trying to make something more in the category of Reservoir Dogs, right? Mm-hmm. But Reservoir Dogs, if that ear scene was shitty, is it Reservoir Dogs? No. Okay, but to that point, he But he would have shown that, promise. He got all that stuff for a reason. And I'm not saying this in contrast to you, but mm-hmm. it's not as if he had his he necessarily had just the choice he showed that around and people were like oh shit we got to put some serious cash behind this let's go that's 100 percent true and that's what i'm saying is i'm not i'm not debating whether or not i deserve to make reservoir dogs what i'm debating is do i deserve the time and effort and social capital that it will require me to expend in order to see if i deserve reservoir dogs hmm does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, in because one sense, it costs, the market it costs already... money and it costs time to to call up my friend at X company and beg them to let me come in and pitch their boss. Mm-hmm. I don't do that willy nilly, and I haven't done it for rollers yet because I haven't needed to do it for rollers yet. And now I'm wondering: Do I use that ask that I only really get once or twice? Do I blow it on this? Mm. Well, this now is a different question. I mean, it's sort of a different question because you you're not guaranteed to know what they say. You could go in there and these no, guys I'm are not. Like, are you serious? This is this is dog shit. Get and out. And so that's what I'm trying to say. Like, can I go for it? Right. Can I? Well, so the big risk is very very small. I mean, the big risk is you're burning a favor by asking these people. Sure. And I, I feel like you just. Either way, you do it, right? I mean, if you have this opportunity, you believe in this I'm movie. Still, 
because because they're just I just don't want to over underestimate how to me having a start date for my first movie is a major thing. Mm. I don't want to overstate it, but that's big for me. Yeah, it is big. And now you're backing out of it. And 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 and, and I'm excited. I just want to reiterate. I am thrilled about how fun it would be to make that movie in February with that amount of money. I think it would be an absolute hoot. And I think I could make a really special movie. But I, because of that, because I know I can pull it off for so little, it does beg the question, what could I do if I had more resources? Mm. And, and how much better could it be if I really took my time? You know? Which way are you leaning? I'm leaning towards taking a shot and seeing what happens because you know what I'm I'm open and if 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 um if people are like, dude, I think you need to go prove yourself. Oh, I'm willing to hear that. Open it up to the people. Let the people decide. I I mean, well, I don't know about all the people, but like I think like the people that I'm talking about, if they say like, dude, go prove yourself, I would then talk to people that I really trust who can help me, and I would. There's a chance that I might make a short, for instance, just which start you brought up. A twi- just do, just start a Twitter poll and let the let the people decide <laughs> your fate. They're all going to be like, "Dude, make it for twenty million," and then I'm going to go to Scott Rudin, and be, he's going to be like, "What? Like, no?" Could you? Do you think if you had to, like, let's say you have a dream, and they're like, "Get a meeting with Scott Rudin, or you're going to die," right? Yeah. In a week, could I? In a week, could you do it? Am I allowed to tell people that I'm going to die? Uh, no. Well, maybe. I don't Mm, know. I would have a shot at it. You think you could get it to happen? I'm probably one degree of separation away from him. So you I mean, I'm not saying it's an easy one degree. I'm just saying I think in theory I'm probably one degree away. So, okay. All right. Wow. Call him. Well, I can't. Oh. Call the degree and have him call him. I mean that's the thing. I, I just don't want to do that. They're not going to do it if I don't believe in it. What do you think that I'm not guy? What do you think? Ask them to do it if I don't believe in it. Yeah, but you you do believe in it. I mean, you've already raised money, so you must believe in it to some extent. Well, I believe in it at the level that I raised the money for, and I think I believe in it at a higher level. But that's the thing: is I got to decide. I got to decide if I actually feel like this movie is worthwhile. Like if the frame of the movie, if the characters and the story and the themes that I'm exploring are sturdy enough to support a larger cast and a larger budget. That's really the crux of the issue. Hmm. You know, do they deserve the time and care that will go into them at a higher level budget? Or do I need to just get it done and make a better movie next time? Mm. I mean, I... Just because it is so in my nature. You can see how this is hard, though, right? Yeah, I do see that. I see the difficulty, but I think I think you have to do it. And I think in the sense that do what specifically? I think you have to make it. I think you should stick to your time, but I think you also should set aside – like this week that you're setting aside to decide this – not that you're setting it aside, but you know what I mean. You're giving yourself a week time frame. Because yep. here's the thing. I'm not going to – like I said – I am not going to question this decision once I make it. Right. You're just You know what I mean? Like once I decide if decide. I'm going in February, that's it. I will not allow myself to have un- unrealistic regrets about how I should have done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, understand. That's why it's important to me. 
But I think that you do both. I think that you stick to the date that you set, or maybe you push it back to some extent. But you, if you push it back, it is pushed back with a new date so that it is mm. set and you are held to something and you spend the extra time making this pitch and telling people, yo, I think this is worth more. We're going to do it. Mm. But I think which we is can a compelling do more. pitch. Like, it is. I I'm believe gonna in make this, this with to or without you right now. Yeah. I think it could be so much more. And we're going to do it on April 1st, right. no matter what. Right. And we want Except you guys... April 1st is April Fool's exactly, Day. Right? It's the so. perfect time to do it. Or do it on April 20th. Either way, you, br- you give them the pitch, and if it works, you already have the crew that you want to use. I mean, maybe what do you do? You ask some different actors? Come on, what are actors doing? You know what I'm saying? I, I think that could be really wise. Yeah, and I'm also opening up betting... Uh, to see if the date gets moved back again after this one. So hit me up on Instagram at Lil Tunichi. We have a whole... (laughs) Lil what? Lil Tunichi. That's my my Instagram handle. (laughs) That's Lil Wayne's. I'm uh, I'm still... We're still taking OTB um, OTB bets bets. on on, uh, whether we make it to 100 episodes or not. (laughs) What? Word? Dude, I want to you see remember if that? Soup Q still exists by uh by the time we get Dude, there. Soup- we need to have a little Soup Q check-in. Oh, Soup Q's not doing great. Pull it up, pull it up, pull oh, it up. It's uh uh 18 thousandths of a cent. Oh boy. Oh. Yowza. Yeah, lost a bunch. It's What's a, our basis? They're half it's a half a million dollar market cap, y'all. Let's get John, in there. John, what if I spend the entire budget on lottery tickets? <laughs> If you remember the Simpsons episode, The Lottery, you ever see that one? Where the, they had the lottery I in have seen it, but I totally forget it. It's funny. Uh, there's two hilarious jokes in there, but <laughs> one is the, the guy who buys the wheelbarrow full of lottery tickets. That's right. And he takes them out into the, into the parking <laughs> lot, and they all blow away in the wind. <laughs> and the other is Homer buying Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. Because she thought it, he thought it would help him win the lottery. Which, by the way, Shirley Jackson's lottery. You ever read that? It is so good. The writing on The Simpsons is so good. fantastic. The lottery by Shirley Jackson is like is a very <laughs> short and very haunting story, and everybody should read it. She's a great. We're gonna uh, get writer. it up there on the show notes. It's sick, it's oh, sick. that's wow! I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Oh, um, heavens to Betsy. We got any other business to attend to? Um, no, nah, we got some mail, but should we hold well, off? It it's all no, it's um yeah, we should. It's it's all pretty it's just sort of like feedback. Pretty it's bad. not really like well, oh, what's the worst <laughs> feedback you got? Hit me. No, no, no. I'm going to read you a review that we got. Oh, no. No, this review, I'm fine with negative reviews just for the record. Okay. Um, hit me. It's not even. It's it, what's confounding about this review is it isn't negative. Okay. Um, it should be. I, I don't think they haven't been. I, listening. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, game personality. Uh, three. He gives us three stars. Jeez. A little disappointing. Really, I thought that I'm was fine good. with. <laughs> oh boy, that's a lot of stars, uh, man. Five, five is five is considered standard for what? for an excellent podcast like this one. Oh, they okay. should really make it 6. For, you know like 5 just is for us? he writes the headline a great time 
a little off topic. Oops. This guy or gal is, according to the review, I'll, re- I'll read the whole thing, nine episodes in. Wow, I am so sorry, my dude. But he writes, he or she writes, let's be honest, this podcast definitely gets me through my work day. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it's worth more than three stars to me. <laughs> also, you work 45 minutes? That's your entire work day? Yeah, exactly. It leaves me thinking about my own movies and what I'm wanting to create. The comedic banter and knowledge of movies these two have has left me many times laughing in a quiet office. Wait, 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 wait. That sounds like a five-star review well, to me right it there. De- it depends why and how he's laughing. Like, when- The topic for the show is great. It just often gets off track, which is whoa, whoa, whoa. part Yo, of the- Before you finish, dude, okay. um, Soup Q, I just want to get back to that real quick. Oh, oh, my, oh bad. Boy. my bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a little diversion for you out there, buddy. <laughs> Hey, buddy, screw you. (laughs) Hey, have you ever seen the movie The Sandlot? John, we got to finish this. We got to finish this. Um, The topic for the show is great. It just often gets off track. The guys end up talking about other relevant things. Uh, Wait, is it off track or are they relevant? Things that are equally entertaining and informative, but they themselves are aware of this fact as spoken about at episode nine. People really do care about rollers and how production is going. Okay, so so far this all sounds like a largely like a positive review. I that think he left in three out stars. the sarcastic. So I'm wondering air if he quotes. typoed the three stars part. Like if he just bumped it, he meant to hit five, or she meant to hit five and hit three. You are such an optimistic guy. See, every time I'm listening to this, and then, I'm seeing the sarcastic air quotes. See, but then. The, the the thing, it closes with a little bit of a witty question. Oh, so how is rollers dot, dot, dot rolling? Oh, and then there's one last uh, sort of code at the end. Even if we never actually get any more information on how a feature film is made, John and Zay will remain a staple in my work week podcast. See, yeah. He that is incredibly kind game personality. I thank you for those very kind words. And I really would feel free to write in. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm genuinely curious. Did you accidentally hit the three stars? Because that's a very thoughtful, very positive review by my account. But, John, am I being way too optimistic? Well, it depends on the the meaning of words, right? Like, you're taking Mm -hmm. him to say staple as in a staple food like rice or wheat. You know, Mm -hmm. I took it to mean like a thorn in his side, like when you're Mm -hmm. stapling paper. Oh, like the staples I got in my head when I – yeah, yeah, like the staples that I got in my head when I cracked my skull open when I was like six six or seven. Yeah, but even less good because they're not not there for a purpose. It's just there Mm, because you're an idiot and you accidentally clicked on his podcast. A game personality, though, please write in. If, 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 if Tell us which one is true, if you're still with us. If you're still with us and still bored, I, I don't have a whole lot of advice for you because um, th- there is not a staple in your side. Mm. Um, you just don't have to listen mm. if you don't want to. And our listenership went from seven to six. I know. Like People are like, oh, wait, I thought I had to listen to the show. When it comes out, uh, I am appreciative of every single person that listens, but I do. This is a Except very you, important public Screw service you, announcement. Buddy. No one, no one is tracking who's listening to this show. Mm. Like, <laughs> I don't have a way of knowing if you listen. So mm. if you're listening against your will, don't. <laughs> yeah, do <laughs> like, what thou will. Turn it off. Um, but also keep listening. Hey, did you watch Mulholland Drive? Because I didn't. I forgot. No, I forgot to. Uh, all right. I was busy pondering my fate. Word. 
You know, Eight and a Half is a great movie. I've already I mentioned this every single time we talk, but I I happened to watch the trailer for it because I sent it to you for the show notes. And it's so good. The trailer is mm-hmm. so good for Eight and a Half. But that movie, you know, in it, his whole dilemma is I want to. It's less about the finances, although that does come up a bunch in the movie. And, oh yeah. But his whole thing is you he know, like has this crazy vision. Yeah, yeah, he's got this great vision for a movie, and he's not how how it's going to come together. And there's budgetary. You problems. know, I should watch Eight. And oh, enough. it's Eight and a Half, y'all. Ooh. I mean, I've seen it, but I need to see it again. Otto Imetso, y'all should watch it. It's so good, and it's germane to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that I'm on topic enough for you, game personality? Give me a break. Ooh. Buzz Game off. personality, we're really glad you're listening. Mm. But next time, it, um, Listen well, to fresh air it seems with like Grace. you like the show, so maybe don't jack up our five-star rating streak. You know, that's all I'm saying. This is like the drunk girl or boy. Uh, do I got to say that? It's like the drunk gal on the Uber, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. she's drunk, barfing in the back, and then she gives us three stars. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. Yeah, exactly. Game You're here, Hannah. Sorry for getting you through your work week, dude. Yeah, jeez. Sorry that I... <laughs> let you in the Uber, take you to your house, you barfed in the back seat. All I she did was, was give your life meaning and purpose. Mm. Just kidding. I'm well, not actually mad. <laughs> Just I'm, a, I'm still a little mad, but... Um, gonna, John, it's been gonna, a real hoot, though. We'll talk soon. All right. I'm going to go put down some bars for my Rap Dad project. Oh, I am so excited to hear it. You're going to love it. All okay. right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. It sounds like we have a plan involving me delaying the start date to see what happens. I don't know how I feel about that yet, but I'm going to keep processing it, and you better believe I will be back with more thoughts soon. Today's show was produced by moi, John Schimpf, executive producer. Intro music is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Outro music is The Man From Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. Cover art, as always, by Nate Giordano. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. It's your boy!